the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. Got Mark Donnelly carries off for the Thanksgiving holiday. We're taping the show earlier in the week because of the holiday, and of course, it's the game. So that we'll all be listening to, and who could forget? Miami and Ohio State's one here in the second overtime. Hurricanes need a touchdown and a point after to force a third overtime. The Olympic in the eye. I still get goosebumps. Of course, this wasn't against that team up north. This was the 2003 championship. Fourth and goal, Miami and Ohio State's one. And the Hurricanes are sending their three receivers in. Incredible. Second overtime, 31-24. Buckeyes on top. A stop, and the Buckeyes are national champions. Defense, defense. Andre Johnson, Epic Sands, wide right. Roscoe Parrish, wide left. Peyton Malone in the backfield. Dorsey under a center, Romberg. Sands motioning. Back is Dorsey to throw. Yeah! He throws it in the end zone. Yes! Incomplete. The Buckeyes win the national championship as defensive pressure got to Ken Dorsey and forced him to throw an incompletion. C. Grant. So there we go. And so let's talk a little bit about the game. All right. So I believe this is going to be the 119th meeting uh, for the two teams. Michigan, I think, has the lead at 60 wins. Ohio State's got 52, and I believe there are six ties. Okay. Um, now, more recently, or, or maybe not more recently, well, we don't know what's happened more recently. Michigan has won the last two years. You know, Ryan Day's got the losing record against Michigan, which doesn't bode well for all, how much success he has. So that it's a, it, this is a big game for him, I believe, this year. And it's, you know, up in the big, you know, in the big house. But also, you know, how many times it, what's, what makes this game the game this year is because of their high ratings. Ohio State rated two and Michigan rated three in the country. So of the, I think this is the 26th time 
or 27, somewhere around there, where the matchup, they were both in the top 10 of the country at the time of the game. Okay, and OSU is winning that series, 12 wins to 11 losses and two ties. Can't get much more even than that, right? Um, but as we said, in the recent history uh, and the long-time history, Michigan still is leading. I, be- I believe, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but I think that the, of the times that they were both rated in the top 10, I think Michigan has won nine out of the last 13. So that so that doesn't, you know, bode well for Ohio State. But um, so that will be uh, quite uh, the game, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will be listening or watching that game uh, when you're hearing this on Saturday morning, um, and, and you'll be watching that at noon. You know, I love the fact that they keep that game at the you know the Saturday following Thanksgiving at noon. I hope they never change that, even though I'm sure they would get a much larger um, TV audience if they did it Saturday night prime time. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it's just, but it's just something about that noon on that Saturday after Thanksgiving. So, again, you're listening to Mark Donnelly. This is Financial Food for Thought, brought to you by the estate planning team. The estate planning team, Incorporated, has been uh, helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 36 years. We are an Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. Um, If you'd like more information about our company, you can always visit our website. It's financialfoodforthought.com. Just one string of letters, financialfoodforthought.com, the name of this radio show, by the way. On there, you can find financial articles, uh, financial calculators. You can also link to our radio show podcast um, and go back and listen at your convenience 24-7. You can also sign up for a free, no-obligation consultation. Um, and we, we've been doing those in person again, or if you're still, you know, we can do those by phone, you know, from the, the, from the Rona days. Um, it's your choice. And you can, you know, either sign up for that on our financialfoodforthought.com website or you can just do the old-fashioned way and call our home office at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Just leave a message, and someone will get back to you. Um, so as, besides the game um, that, that everybody's talking about in C-Town this weekend, from financially, what else do I want to talk about today? Well, I, you know, again, I I know it's a time you're going to be getting around with families and you're going to be having those discussions and, you know, thankful for what you have. But also, is it is it time to have the discussion? Okay, and, and what do I mean by the discussion? And I guess that's when you and your loved ones need to kind of face that financial 800-pound gorilla in the corner, long-term care risk. All right, nobody likes to talk about it. and I guess nobody likes to talk about it around Thanksgiving dinner, of course. Um, But is it time to have that discussion? And especially if we look at the baby boomers and living in what we call that sandwich generation, um, and I, I'm certainly living that, you know, there, there's four generations living right now in my family and, and that gets confusing and that's a lot of wheels that are spinning. 
And it's a lot of worries and a lot of concerns and a lot of good times as well. But that, that idea that, okay, in, in other words, when, when you get concerned, um, about, all right, fill in the blank, you know, what happens if fill in the blank has to go into a nursing home? And that could be what happens if dad has to go in? What happens if mom has to go in? What's going to happen if both of them have to go in? Or you may be, what happens if I have to go in? Or what happens if my spouse has to go in? Or what if both of us have to go in or need that type of care before death? Or it may even be, what if, you know, in some situations, what if grandpa has to go in? Or what if grandma needs that type of care? Or what if both grandma and grandpa need that type of care? And that is is a very difficult situation. So we'll talk today um, about the long-term care dilemma. Um, and we'll talk about the risks out there. We'll talk about the cost of that type of care. And we'll talk about the possible solutions that you may have to, or you know, you, that if you're trying to figure out a solution, if you're now having the discussion with your loved ones saying, what if? Um, but before that, we're also talking about Inflation Nation, right? And so we, on the, the recent shows, and even last week's show, we talked a lot about it, the fact that the inflation indicators are showing trend down, meaning hopefully this high inflation, this non-transitory inflation is now transitory in a sense, meaning that it has peaked and we are on the way back down, not continuing to go up. Now, again, last week on the show, I talked about the difference between inflation um, disinflation or deflation, you know, and, and we're in this disinflation, meaning, yeah, it, it's not that we're back to pre-inflation pricing. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get back to that, but it's the idea that the it, the increasing is happening at a slower rate. Um, and so one of the things, of course, that, you, you know, we talk about um, – you know, the cost of Thanksgiving dinner. And we also had this week, speaking of uh, uh, the discussion, perhaps, you know, Dr. Jill and Hunter might be having a discussion. So so President Biden, you know, on his 81st birthday, right, um, was doing the traditional uh, pardon of the, the turkeys. Okay. And they, they, they always uh, give names to the turkeys. So this year it was Liberty and Bell. The turkeys are actually beautiful, you know, when you see them. But like they're like forty-two pounds, you know. And, you know, the current cost of uh, uh, that would be quite expensive. We'll talk a little bit about the cost of turkeys this year. But um, but but again, that but the president. I mean, he was doing okay until he was trying. He went off prompter or whatever, and he, he tried to reference uh, Taylor Swift. Um, being, I'm not even sure what his reference was. Maybe the turkey should have been named uh, Taylor because remember he confused Taylor Swift with Britney Spears. 
<laughs> and um and and so he he, he was refer he was trying to reference the Taylor Swift uh, tour or something. You know, she's down in South America, but he he called her Brittany. Um, whatever you know. I mean, he's doing his best, but man, I mean, maybe there has to be a discussion in in the White House these days. Um, because we're talking about a man who's still running for president, and and a very uh precarious time globally and, and and that scares me so back to the inflation so the the good news is that um your thanksgiving dinner is going to cost less this year than previous year so every year the american farm bureau federation okay they they put out a a, a, a certain and the way they do is they say what does it cost to feed 10 people a Thanksgiving dinner. And so in, in this year, in 2023, they came up with $61.17. Okay. Um, and that is lower than the previous year. Um, it's about 4.5% lower, by the way. So last year, now last year, 2022, was the record high as long as they've been doing this little analysis. So last year, it came in at $64.05. Um, this year, again, down 4.5% to $61.17. And But still, that's higher than the pre-inflation in 2021. It was only $53.31, you know, much lower Um now, so what do they attribute the, the lower cost this year? Do you think they said Bidenomics? No, no, they didn't say Bidenomics. Um, but what they're saying is that um, whipping cream and cranberries dropped the most. Now, it, it, that's, but again, whipping cream and cranberries isn't the most expensive cost of the, of the whole pumpkin pie dinner, right? I mean, it, it, it's just part of it. But so, so really the main reason is the turkey itself, the main course. Okay. Um, I mean, that makes up about 45% of the entire cost of the dinner that we're talking about. So they're saying that this year, uh, they based on a 16 pound, um, turkey at, you know, a dollar 71, I think they said is, is going to be the, the price per pound. So that'd be about $27.35. And that's down about 5.6% from last year. All right. Um, now, here in the Midwest, they say the cost is even lower. Um, they're saying that the, the, um, the cost of the Thanksgiving dinner in the Midwest for 10 people is around $58.66. Now, I know, um, what did we, we went, um, we went to, uh, when we picked up, because uh, my wife likes to get a fresh turkey, so they're, of course, a little bit more expensive. Um, but I know we got a, a fresh turkey um, over the weekend for $1.99 a pound. Um, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Now, for those who actually are planning on um, making the cooking less of an endeavor and the takeout, you know, so I don't know, have any of you tried like going to these famous, you know, home cooking restaurants 
and ordering the dinner for to take out and bring it home and just heat it up and and you're good to go. So Bob Evans, of course, has that. And um, so if, if this year, if you were going to go that route, um, and and I, no one complains about Bob Evans' food, right? Especially when you're talking about the home cooking of, you know, the 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 turkey or the ham and the fixings. Um, and so to for a dinner to go for ten. Bob Evans Thanksgiving dinner this year, it's going to set you back about $155. Um, so there you go. So I know everybody's getting ready for the game. And hopefully we'll have Ryan Day's second victory over that dreaded team up north. But today here on Financial Food for Thought, Mark Donnelly carries home for the holidays. We're, we're, we're talking not about the game, but about the discussion. And that's... The idea that at some point you and your loved ones have to face the potential risk of one of your loved ones ending up in either an assisted living or a long-term care facility, or perhaps you're trying to take care of them at home. So let's talk a little bit about, before you have the discussion, what are the risks? Okay. And I'm going to, this is a great article that aging baby boomers raise the risk of long-term care crisis in the U.S. And I'm just going to paraphrase this article. And it's just, you know, it's just the whole, every line is is fantastic. I mean, I think it really zeroes in. It's better summary than what I can do at this, right? So, So here we go. When the oldest baby boomers begin turning 80 in 2025, there will be a growing wave of people who need more support and services, and the burden will be heaviest for their children. Okay, Advances in technology and public health have allowed people to live longer in the condition of frailty, and we haven't developed a long-term care system to keep up with that. The Center of Retirement Research at Boston College, you know, Boston, that, that, does, a, that does fabulous work. I, I quote a lot of their studies in white papers. The Center of Retirement Research at Boston College. They estimate that about 55% of Americans will have a low to moderate long-term care need. 25% will have uh, the type of severe needs that most people dread. That's that, you know, nursing home, you know, as opposed to the assisted living. All right. Um, It's easy to feel pessimistic, even apocalyptic, about the looming challenge of long-term care for the nearly 71 million baby boomers heading into their golden years. Um, Then they, they also say, consider some more numbers. There are currently 14 million people receiving some form of long-term care. That number will double by 2050. This is according to the U.S. Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services. 
they say about 70% of people over age 65 will need some sort of long-term care before they die. That's analysis by the Urban Institute. The average annual cost of a private room in a nursing home, this was this is going back to 2019, um, was 102,000. Okay, and that's Genworth. And we have some updated numbers on that that I'll go over. Especially Genworth also breaks that down by geographical reasons. So I'll kind of talk about uh, when we talk about the cost. Uh, right now we're talking about the risk. But when we talk about the cost, I'll tell you what Genworth is thinking for this area, the Cleveland-Akron type area. Um, research by the Insured Retirement Institute found that 45% of baby boomers have no retirement savings and more than a quarter of those who do have less than a hundred thousand. Um, needless to say, this is an enormous issue. Um, now the article further goes on. Let me just see. Um, okay, here most long-term care needs arise when people are in their mid to late eighties, and that's what we've been saying on this show and to our clients, quite frankly, for a long, long time. We said, so if you're trying to build a financial model where you're trying to say, okay, when does it happen? Because I've got to build in this future potential cost to the, to the, uh, to my nest egg. When do I target it in? When, Mark, when do I put it in? And we always recommend, well, we tend to say, you know, we don't give a, a catastrophic. We, we, you know, we, we're going to make uh, the, the assumption that you're going in at 870. And then you're, you know, but we do say, you know, most people need it in their mid 80s. I, I usually say mid 85 to 90 um, and, and kind of go from there. Um, uh, okay, based on data from the long-running health and retirement study at the University of that state up north, okay, um, the center estimates that 20% of Americans will need no long-term care services before they die, okay? 55% will have low to moderate leads, and 25% will have the type of severe needs that people dread. Again, that's that's I, I, that's the same you know that's that's that kind of that same statistic that we that the other institute came up with. Um, it also estimates that 33% of retirees don't have resources to cover even minimal long-term care needs, and only one fifth could afford severe long-term care needs for four years or more. And that's another always question we ask is, Mark, you know, how long, you know, you know, uh, you know, how long am am I going to be in there? Um, And it's it's interesting because I I think the statistics, when they break that out by gender, I I don't know if I have Carrie's not here. I don't know if I can still say that. Um, But, you know, males tend to be in, you know, maybe two to three years and females, you know, four years or longer. So uh, I, I guess that, that that may have a good reason to change your gender. You know, if you're a woman and, and you don't want to spend four years in nursing home, just change your gender and you're all set. Um, now, the other question, too, is the, uh, you know, it gets into the, the, the shared numbers. I mean, so if, if if it's consistently coming up that you know seventy percent 
of 65-year-olds will need some type of long-term care. Um, yeah, and we're saying men, its average length is about 2.2 years. Women, it's about 3.7 years. Okay, um, now remember, it was Pew Research who came out with that, you know, back in 2010, when they kind of announced to the world that everybody's eyebrows went up that, you know, the baby boomer, the wave of baby boomers, you know, starting in 2011, where 10,000 baby boomers a day would be turning 65. And that was going to be a string for 19 straight years. Okay. Um, so, you know, now it, it, just putting the, the timeline up in 2023, so we're saying about 10,000 a day are turning 77. They're still not at that typical age where you need. See, this is the long-term care crisis that's coming because the baby boomers haven't even got there. And we there's already, you know, people are recognizing the problems right now. Where there's, you know, even though it seems like there's a new assisted living slash nursing home being built on every p- patch of open land, uh, there's still not, there, a lot of them are already filled. <laughs> the baby boomer wave hasn't even started. All right. Um, so if you, um, you know, if you're, Looking at, uh, let's see if I, I think I have a stat on that. Um, yeah. They're, okay, a lot of, and again, this is the same generation. Even though you might not be going right now, you may have to be dealing this with an elder care a parent, an elder parent, right? Um, and so right now, I think there's about 26,000 long-term care facilities in America. And as we're saying, a lot of them are already filled up. Um, and, uh, but of the facilities that are up and running, they're all, they're all complaining that they can't staff it. So even if they had a hundred more beds, they don't have anyone to, to, to staff the additional hundred patients. Um, 84% of them say they're experiencing moderate to severe staffing issues. Um, 96% are struggling to hire additional workers. Okay. Um, 50% of them say the workforce situation has worsened since last year. Okay. Um, and, and they're, and they're, the, 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 the ones that quit, you know, the great resignation, they said 200,000 caregivers left the industry in, uh, you know, since like the Rona began in, in 2020. Um, nursing home operators say the risk of closure will increase if federal staffing mandates for nursing homes being considered by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services are adopted. So, you know, it, it, it's and 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 now just again, the risk just to, to look at the numbers. Um, so if if. We, if we go back to the Pew's research, you know, we're saying that 10,000 a day at some point will be turning 85. And let's say 70% of them need long-term care. That would be 7,000 a day checking in. Okay. Um, times 365 days, that would be 2,555,000 a year for 19 straight years. Do you see the problem? All right. Um, now, in fact, 
I think Pew Research is also more recently updated in the fact that in in this 19 years of these these baby boomers, um, actually the peak year for those turning 65 is starting next year. And they're saying, so starting next year, 12,000 a day are turning 65. Okay. Uh, 70% of those is 8,400 a day. Uh, I mean, in other words, eventually those 12,000 a day will be turning 85. Now, I, you know, there's some attrition there. I'm not trying to get too far in the weeds, but just the, the fact that it, when, when they start checking in, that's 3,066,000 a year for the remaining years of those 90 years. I mean, and, you know, I, I, for, I just don't know. I don't think. There is enough discussion going on about this risk. I didn't hear a lot of discussion at the recent GAP debates about this risk. Um, it, 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 it's like, are, is everybody in, in our elected officials just putting their head in the sand and saying, oh, the problem's not really out there? The problem is out there and the risks are out there. And, you know, the question is, is does the government is not going to be able to pay for everybody's long term care? We don't have enough facilities to accommodate everybody who, who's going to need long term care. And how many families are going to take the responsibility to take care of mom and dad or grandpa, grandpa at home. Well, first of all, they might not be qualified to do that. Secondly, they might not be able to financially do that. And we've had the situation where we have had clients who have had to retire early, earlier than they thought to take care of mom or dad at home. Or to bring them into their own home, but they can't leave them alone. So the risks are, you know, certainly out there. Um, now we can talk about the costs. Um, and all right, so as I said, Genworth, who puts out costing surveys or costing studies every year, and they when they when they when they give the one for this type of area the the Cleveland Akron Columbus type area and basically we're going to break down the costs into two categories because that's kind of like the, the 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 level you have to look at one is assisted living and assisted living is yeah you need help but you don't need that severe 24/7 help um, you, 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 you still may not be able to perform, you know, all of the six daily living activities, um, on your own and you can't maybe be left alone, but it's, it's not a situation where you, you can't perform any of the six. Okay. When you can't perform any of the six, you know, that's when you're in the nursing home that, you know, price goes up. So let's talk about pricing for an assisted living versus pricing for a nursing home. Okay. And it's about half the cost. Assisted living's roughly, generally, about half the cost of a nursing home. 
So what is the, what is a, a recent Genworth report says? So assisted living, this type of area, um, probably around $52,068 a year. Okay. If you go to the full-fledged nursing home, probably uh, they, they quote 93804 Now, just a sidebar, estate planning team clients, we have clients or clients who have parents who are in a full-fledged nursing home, and many of those, I would say the majority of those, are paying over 100000 a year, just for reference. Um, but, you know... Maybe you're not going in this year, or you're you know you 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 you're not putting mom or dad in this year. So let's add what the future costs, and this is one of the things that we talk about. If you're trying to build your own financial model, and you're trying to say, "Hey, Mark, I'm trying to figure out if I have uh, if I can retire um, and not only maintain my lifestyle." For my golden years, you know, those first 10 years into retirement where I want to do my travel and I'm, and, um, you know, my grandchildren are being, uh, you know, in, in the, in the, in the, in their toddler years and I want to spend time with them and I want to, you know, do some travel and I want to fix the house up, you know, and, 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 you know, I have hobbies, you know, I want to go golfing, you know, all those things. Um, cause you know, you may not be doing that forever. But you want to do that when you're not working 60 hours a week. And so you want to do that. But also the idea is, hey, Mark, can I still do all those things in, you know, what I envisioned my retirement lifestyle to be and still have enough to cover an end of life long term care stay? Um, so we, if we were going to do that, well, we better than, not use today's cost, we better take today's cost and project them out with some inflation. So if we do that, so let's go out, let's, I'm going to use, I'm going to start with 5% inflation compounded annually. All right. So in five years, the assisted living cost would be 63289 and the nursing home costs 114,019. Okay. But you may still not be in, in in the next 5 years. So how about 10 years? Okay. So if we go out 10 years and now you're checking in with the 5% inflation. Okay, so now the assisted living would be 80,775. And the full-fledged nursing home would be 145521 a year. Okay. Um, how about if you go out 15 years? Okay. So 15 years, the assisted living would be 103091 And the nursing home would now be 185726 well, how about so, Mark? I, you know, I'm 65. I'm retiring. I'm not going in for 20 years at least. 85, like the stats show. So, what is the assisted living cost going to be 20 years from now? Well, assisted living cost is, you know, going to be about 131,573 a year, and a full-fledged nursing home, 237,038. That's compound inflation at work. 
Let me go 25 years. Assisted living be 167925 A full-fledged nursing home 25 years out from today, 302527 How about uh, 35? No, how about 30 years? I just, I just, what did I just do? Yeah, yeah. 30, let me go 35 years. <laughs> okay, 35 years. Assisted living would be 273,531 and a nursing home 492,785. Almost a half a million dollars. Is, is does anyone really believe that the prices could ever get that high? And, and that's at you know 5% inflation. You know, a lot of people think Mark that's too that's too low. That's not real. That's a government conspiracy that's saying inflation. You know, what about seven? If I ran this at 7% inflation, the cost of a nursing home 35 years out in the future would be close to a million dollars. It'd be $936,000. It's ridiculous, right? Um, so, but that, you know, but is that real or not? Um, that's, the, that's the cost risk that are out there. And, you know, and, and so when, if you're saying, yeah, I, I'm wondering if I can still have my, you know, uh, envisioned lifestyle and retirement, but if you haven't had the discussion yet about, you know, are you, you know, what are you or what is your plan to deal with this long-term care dilemma, then you might not want to be start booking the Hawaii trips yet. So you're listening to Mark Donnelly. I'm president of the Estate Planning Team Incorporated, and this is Financial Food for Thought. And the Estate Planning Team has been helping Cleveland families for the last 36 years deal with what I'm calling today the discussion and the the idea that are you sticking your head in the sand and saying, no, it's never going to happen to me. I'm never going to need long-term care. Are you thinking that the government's going to pay for you? You know, we all know that Medicare doesn't pay for it, or a very small portion of it. Uh, Medicaid is the government assistance program, but you have to be financially desolate. So what are the solutions out there? And this is what we've been helping families work through and find out, you know, what is the solution for you? It might not be the solution for your parents. It might not be the solution for your next door neighbors. It might not be the solution for your coworkers, but you, you know, they may have choose one of the different solutions. So there's probably eight or nine potential solutions out there. And I don't know if the final solution is even out there for the baby boomers. But we can talk about, you know, can you self-insure it? I mean, and that's where the idea of saying you would want to build your plan model to say, okay, my plan A is working. I can do, I can retire now, this type of spending with inflation and die at age 95 and everything's fine. But now if you didn't end in an end of life long-term care, then what we would do is run a new plan, a plan R saying, would it still be okay if you had these end of life expenses over the costs that I just mentioned. Um, another one could be the long-term care insurance, but that industry, as we've talked about in the show for many years now, has pretty much failed. You know, there, there's very few companies even selling new long-term care insurance policies. Um, so, you know, mm, you know, it's still out there, but it's very expensive. 
Um, the life insurance industry, they have their hybrid solution. That's actually more popular with our clients today. That's where you're actually buying a, uh, a permanent life insurance policy that has a long-term care rider. Um, the uh you've got the legal solution that's the elder care attorneys who you know know the medicaid rules inside and out and the five year look back rules and what you know and and how to they try to set up special trusts irrevocable trusts that shelter your assets from a medicaid spend down so that more of the assets can wind up going to your children um, you know, we, we've worked, helped a lot of clients and we've worked with their attorneys through that solution. Um, um, how about, you know, what I call the going to Switzerland solution and what I, you know, that's that, uh, what I mean by that is that, um, you know, Switzerland was like the first country that, you know, completely opened the, the, the rules for, um, assisted suicide, you know, um, and there are a lot of people buying one-way tickets, you know, suicide tourism to Switzerland because that's how they said, you know, I'd rather be gone than live with this, you know, in dementia or whatever, you know, again. Now, you could say, well, that could is that a real solution? Can we cross that off for most of our clients? We try to. Some tells, no, Mark, don't cross that one off yet. But, um, but I mean, we've seen that we've seen the wave, you know, right now, I think there's a lot, I mean, you, I think there's 11 states are throwing the district of Columbia where they've loosened the rules. I mean, you got California, Colorado, DC, Hawaii, Montana, Maine, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington have all, you know, loosened up the rules about assisted suicide. Um, you know, and, and what, how many states in 20 years from now are going to be doing that? Um, but you know, how about the continuing care community? Um, well, th that's the one where, you know, you say you may go in as an independent living and then, you know, maybe there's a buy-in or something that says, okay, if your health deteriorates and you need assisted living, they move you from your independent apartment, maybe into the assisted living wing, and your rent goes up because now you're, you're somewhat being cared for. And then, or even if your health deteriorates even further, where you need to move into their, you know, lockdown nursing home, you know, you know, wing, so to speak. Um, and now the rent go really goes up. You know, you're paying those nursing home costs. But the idea is that if you run out of money along the way, they don't kick you out. Okay, they they keep you there. But one of the things is that, you know, and that may be a solution. We certainly have had clients work through and and choose that as their solution. But not everyone, it, 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 that's not, you don't automatically get that either, even if you have the money for the buy-in. Uh, for example, there, here's a case. Um, and remember I said, it, it, maybe you have to worry about grandma and grandpa, you know, because maybe mom and dad, you know, grand, maybe mom and dad aren't in the picture and, and you're a grandson or granddaughter and it's somehow the responsibility for grandma who has to go into a nursing home is falling on your shoulders. So that's what happened to this, um, you know, person who wrote in. Um, and here's the, the shock line. Until you die, I'm taking every single cent you have. Grandparents with a net worth of 1.5 million were unable to qualify for a mid-tier retirement community. Okay. And this is, um, this is Caitlin, uh, who's writing the, you know, wrote in the article. 
um, said, uh, you know, I'll just kind of paraphrase it here. Um, despite her, her initial assumptions, uh, the, the reality may be that, that the entirety of her grandparents' wealth will be spent on their end-of-life care, leaving nothing left for inheritance as she previously expected. Hmm. Okay. Um, she says that her grandparents, who are now in their 90s, were carefully selecting the retirement community they wanted to move to, dreaming about having features like a pool, a meal delivery services to ensure their comfort. Have you seen some of these continuing communities? It's like living on a cruise ship. All right. Um, although they initially considered a more luxurious option, her grandparents ultimately chose a mid-tier retirement community for the middle-class bracket where they felt the need to prove their financial worth by disclosing their $1.5 million in assets. Um, and, 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 but when they were ready to do this, the, um, you know, the idea that the retirement community kind of said, well, yeah, the, we'll take the $1.5 million regardless of whether you, you, how long you live. Meaning if they die tomorrow, they're keeping the 1.5 million. All right. Um, the retirement community was like, we don't care how long you're going to live, but we are going to take all your money. This is what the granddaughter is saying. Um, because no matter how long you're going to live, it's going to cost your entire net worth. Um, so they had over a million dollars in assets and they were willing to give away in order to be taken care of until they die. And they didn't qualify. Um, you know the uh, and the the grandparents were saying too. They also told their their granddaughter. You know they had an eighty year old friend with dementia who had a similar amount of money as they did, but was unable to qualify for the retirement community due to the high cost of care. See, there's a medical underwriting. See, a lot of people don't understand that about that potential solution, the continuing care community. There could be a medical underwriting going on. Meaning if, if you're not in good health or they think you have the potential of having a long-term care uh, issue, they might not even accept you, even if you've got the money for the buy-in. See, a lot of people don't understand that. Um, so healthcare is, yeah, you know, it, it's just a, it's just a, you know, the ending comment, you know, regardless of whether you have the money or don't have the money, it's all going to disappear. Healthcare is going to take it. They're going to say, I don't care how old you are until you die. I'm taking every single cent you have. Um, is that the solution? You know, I, I don't know. So, so what about the cruise ship solution? Remember there, there was the, the, the urban legend that the idea how, how I'm going to take care of my long-term care, I'm just going to buy an a, 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 a unlimited ticket on a cruise ship because if I'm on the cruise ship, I have a, I have a stateroom, uh, there's doctors on staff, there's meals all day long, um, and, and, that's, and, and that's the way I'm going to go. Well, I don't know if that's really ever going to happen or not, but, it, it's, you know, but there's also people who are just trying to say, you know, I kind of like this idea. Um, so here's here's a here's a headline. A retiree was planning to pay one million to live on a luxury ship, <laughs> okay, um, forever. So what he was going to do? So apparently this this it's the storylines luxury cruise ship. So apparently what they're pitching is that for a million dollars you can buy a condo on the on the on the cruise ship. <laughs> I guess you could stay in there forever, right? Um, so. The uh, retiree, Mike Kasparczak, uh, initially envisioned a luxurious retirement aboard a $900 million residential cruise ship. Um, uh, initially captivated by a Facebook ad, 
he planned to purchase the million dollar condo. Um, but now he's saying, you know, he made it in 2021, he made a $10,000 deposit. But the problem is, um, with, with the, they're saying with about half of the ship's 530 cabins are already reserved. Um, so there was, there was obviously a demand for this. Um, the cruise line ain't ready to, to, to bark. Um, yeah, they're saying initially expected to set sail in 2019. Uh, it was the, the, saw the journey was pushed back to 2024 and more recently it's now saying December of 2026. So that's, you know, yeah. So apparently there's some restrictions there. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. You could find alternative solutions. Another alternative solution is, um, yeah, well, well, another one that's out there is saying, well, uh, what about the reverse mortgage? So there, there's some, you know, sometimes you'll see the potential solution to cover your long-term care costs would be to do a reverse mortgage on your home, all right? And assuming that, you know, obviously you're, you're still in the home and maybe you want to be cared for at home, maybe you don't need to be in a facility, you know, 24-7, maybe it's more of an assisted living, um, but you don't, you can't, you know, you can't, you know, you're, you're trying to get your, your, a lot of your net worth is tied up in equity in your current home and you can't tap and you want to tap into that with a reverse mortgage where you get a cash flow out of the equity of your home that you don't have to pay back. Right. And, and it's not considered taxable income to you. Well, when I went over the costs of, of the future, of the future assisted living or nursing homes, I don't know if a reverse mortgage alone is going to give you enough cash flow to pay those prices. Um, but we have had clients who have used a reverse mortgage and in conjunction with another one of the solutions, meaning the, the classic example is the, is, is our, is our, in the past where our clients bought a long-term care insurance policy, but then they used the reverse mortgage as a way to help them pay the annual premium. So in, in some years, they, they, if they didn't have enough of their own you know, normal cash flow to pay for the long-term care premium, or let's say the long-term care premium, as they tend to do now, goes up with, you know, the price goes up every year, um, even though originally a lot of those policies were sold saying we're not going to raise the prices. In the, in the fine print, they always had the right to raise the prices. Um, so th- what the, the clients are doing, they've got this reverse mortgage and they set it up as a credit line. So that they're, and so in years where the expenses are tight, and they still want to pay the long-term care premium, they take a, uh, a, a reverse mortgage, they borrow on their reverse mortgage credit line to come up with the cash, and they don't have to pay that back. You know, it's just when the, eventually when they pass away or the house is sold, then the reverse mortgage gets paid off. So, um, you know, we've had some of that. We've also had clients who've gone to with like what I call the vacation home solution. And and those are the ones that are saying, well, just expanding an idea a little bit more saying, Mark, and, and if I'm seeing what the cost of these community, uh, continuing care communities cost, the buy-in cost. I'm seeing what long-term care insurance costs, um, or even I can't medically get through the hybrid, the medical underwriting to get the life insurance, the long-term care. So, but in, in any of the case for what it's going to cost for a long-term care premium, I'd rather just buy a vacation home. 
So I'm going to, you know, buy a vacation home down in Florida or whatever and put my money into that. Um, and now it, it, that's kind of my backdoor long-term care policy where, uh, you know, if, you know, 20 years from now, 25 years from now, um, have, by the way, have you seen the appreciation on some of those places down in the villages? Uh, wow. Um, so the idea is saying, okay, if I'm 90 years old and, and I'm now wind up in, in a nursing home, I don't need two properties, my current Ohio residence and my Florida vacation home in this example. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sell one or both of them. Um, all the associated expenses of it go away. I got the appreciation. Now, there may be a huge capital gain, but if I'm paying my own long-term care expenses out of the capital gain proceeds for the sale of my vacation home, okay, I'm going to maybe still get the tax deduction for the medical expense write-off. So it's, it, it would eliminate that. And if I never go in a nursing home, I've got a, a, you know, a highly appreciated asset, in this case, a Florida vacation home that gets a step-up in basis. And in the meantime, for the next 20 years, I can enjoy this, my kids can enjoy this, and my grandkids can enjoy this. Just what is your solution? Um, there, I just listed about seven or eight possible solutions, but more importantly, is it time to start having that discussion? All right. Have a good Thanksgiving, everybody, and go Bucks. For more financial food for thought, for more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.